you live in the same house, but you are now building your dream studio in the garden. I actually wrote that. But this is the funny part. Also, you lost two stone. And welcome to episode 41 of Art Juice, honest, generous, humorous conversations to feed your creative soul and get you thinking with me, Louise Fletcher. And me, Alice Sheridan. So I'm glad to be back. It was a bit weird last week, but I was just saying to Alice that I really, really enjoyed listening when I'm not involved. So that might be fun to do again. (laughs) Um, So given that we haven't spoken for a couple of weeks, we have lots to catch up on. So tell me what you've been doing. Well, I'm not going to go over last week again, but it, it was um, it was weird not having our catch up last week with what you've been doing. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm out of touch. I don't know what's been going on. Um, but um, so since the recording last week, basically, I've only had one painting day, which was it was funny. It wasn't even going to it wasn't even due to be a painting day. And I'm trying to be working in the mornings. But uh, last Friday, it just I, you know, things happened they just got later and later and later and it got to that stage in the day where I could so easily have given up and just not bothered and I didn't but I didn't get there until three o'clock in the afternoon and then I had a really good three and a half hour run and do you know what I really liked about that so much was that it challenged those little ideas that we have that say I've got to get there early or it doesn't count, or if I wait till lunchtime, it's too late, or, you know, in the evening, the light's going to be bad, so it won't be any good, and, or I'm going to be tired at the end of the day, or any of those things that I have just, you know, over time struggled with, I think, so much, Um, so that was really kind of what excited me about it, was that I was like, yay, I had a really good time, (laughs) and maybe it was because I thought, oh, well, you know, it's late, the light's not good, and I just, I don't know, I just kind of let rip a bit. I, I, I went into a painting that's been stuck for a while and really made some changes on that. And now I'm really excited about it. I'm doing that thing, you know, where you take a photograph of a painting and you keep looking at it on your phone. Yes. You're like, I want to go back. I want to go back. Sometimes I'm like, I made that. Look, yeah, exactly. I did. <laughs> doesn't always happen like that. There's some others on my phone that I'm looking at and I'm thinking, what the heck is going on there? Um, so that's painting. And then within the membership group, we have been running a visibility challenge, which has been really interesting for me. It came about as from a comment that somebody made about basically not wanting to show up as part of a group call and nervousness around that. And I thought there's something we've got to do about this. And it's not just a question of like pushing people into like, get out there, you know, talk to people about your thing more. You've really kind of got to dig into what the reasons are that people are hesitating about that. So, you know, I needed to structure it a little bit. So I, although I have an outline, I'm doing it day by day, kind of in response to the comments that are coming in the group. And it's amazing. It's really, really exciting to kind of see the changes. And also, even in people who don't actually, like, even for me, like at the moment, I don't think I have a huge issue with visibility but as I mentioned in the podcast with Judith last week when I first started I had this website that I didn't even put my name to this is something that you still need to revisit so I think doing some of the exercises um, have been 
really, really good. And I had a, a, a sale online, which has reminded me that I'm totally behind with my own website. And I need to get on that. But I haven't done Matt. it this week. I'm just saying it here because maybe by next week I'll have done it. I'm so bad with mine too. Well, the visibility challenge, I wanted to say it's been amazing because I've been watching people putting up little Facebook lives in the group who haven't done it before. And it brought something up for me, which I realized I'm um, filming myself painting for my course group. And, uh, but I, I realized I have a bit of an issue about, for example, coming into connected artist group and showing my work. I don't right. do it. I, I don't have a problem with going on camera. I don't have a problem with yammering on for hours, but I don't go and show people my work. So I made this little film of what I've been working on for my course group, and I'm going to come and put it in Connected Artists. And there's all sorts of fear around that. There's all sorts of fear around, um, it's fine showing people who are learning from me. Okay. But what if I come in and show it there and everyone just thinks, oh, what's that? So it's been really interesting for me too, because I realize there's different levels of what you're afraid to show. Yeah. So. And there's always these kind of weird little nuances. Like, as you say, I don't have a problem with um, sharing certain things, but to a certain group yeah. that has different resonance or different parts about yourself. Yeah. Like some people, some one of the comments that came up yesterday kind of made me think that there's a, degree of anonymity on social media like we we are kind of talking or sharing or putting things out there and you don't know who's listening and I find that quite um a release because if you don't know of 3,000 people listening to this podcast I can't possibly worry about what any of you are thinking about it you know if you enjoy it you're going to keep listening and sharing it if you're not going to enjoy it you're going to switch off it's totally beyond me whereas this kind of I, I don't like the feeling of not knowing who I'm talking to I think this is why doing these things within a group is really interesting because it's other people's comments that you think hi oh, yeah I've never thought about it like that before or that's why I have an issue with this isn't that interesting yeah yeah it really is it really is so watch out for that and be gentle with me <laughs> okay we will I promise uh so I have been this week really busy and I'm having this period of time that I get from time to time I'm beginning to realize I do this a bit manic creative mm -hmm. like not manic depressive but manic creative so all of a sudden and it's not particularly been in my work it's been in business the business side of things but I just go through these phases where all of a sudden I've got idea after idea after idea and I'm writing them all down and when I I go to bed late last night I was up till half past 12 writing things mm -hmm. down and getting you know and then I come down in the morning there's all these post-it notes stuck everywhere with things I can't really read on them <laughs> because I've scribbled them down really quickly late at night but what I have also noticed is it's very tiring so yeah. I'm tired because it's like there's all this and I'm not saying they're all genius ideas a lot of them are not it's just like a like a thing just switches on and things keep coming in and they're mostly rubbish and so you've got to filter through or, or they're not rubbish but they're not something I should be doing or you know yep. they're they're just I used to work for someone like this years ago he was the head of our company he was creative genius but ha he had to have people around him to constantly say no that's not a good idea that's not a good idea 
Um, and I don't have that, so I have to do it for myself. But anyway, it's been a little bit like that this week. But I think it, I think it's a good idea to separate those two stages, though. You know, to have the uh, the stage where you we've spoken about this before. This is the way that Walt Disney uh, always did it with ideas. You know, there's the idea generation stage, the creative stage, and then you do the reviewing and the editing and the yeah. And out. If you start to kind of mix the two stages, it doesn't really work very well. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's some, true. some of the things that feel at the beginning maybe impractical or impersonal or like not relevant, you know, if you leave them to grow a little bit. And then there's this other thing, which I was listening to Mel Robbins, who's an American speaker, who finds slightly scary, but um, also really quite good. And I was watching one of her videos and she was talking about when you have an idea there's like five seconds to do something about it before you will talk yourself out of it. And all the reasons will start popping up that, oh no, that's not a good idea. And there was one of the ideas I had, which I'll share sometime in the future that I I realized I was beginning to talk myself out of, but actually I should just shut that down because it's a good idea and I can feel it's a good idea. So I shouldn't listen to all the reasons why not to do it. I should just do it. Um, which I'll talk about when it comes to what's inspired. Uh, but the other thing this week, so while that's Hang going on, before on, we go, before we go on to your other thing though, because I think this is really important. This is an interesting point. It's fine to say that there's five seconds to act on something, but like when you've got a buzzy creative mind, like I will have in the course of a day, maybe, I don't know, 15, 20 different potential project ideas that could each on their own be a project that would keep me happily busy for three months right yeah, yeah. <laughs> there isn't time in just do week. something on all of them Alice <laughs> you know so it's all very well to say you know keep this keep this going or five four three two one and then you know act on it I mean maybe your acting on it is as simple as like putting it down in an ideas dump page in your yeah. notebook just so yeah. that you've got it out of your head but you, we need the filter process too we really do yeah, and I think she was more in this talk, to be fair, talking about if you want to ask somebody out, um, do it right okay. away. Don't wait for the, you know, or okay. if you want to, if I wanted to ask you to do a podcast, send you a message straight away. Don't let myself think it through because then I'll talk myself out of it. I think that's more what she was saying. But even then, yeah, if I sent you a message asking you without giving it any thought and then you said yes and then I didn't want to do it, then yeah you've got well, to have you, really given it some thought haven't you well then you can change your mind or if you I, I did something this week I replied to there are two people who deal with licensing products for me and incident they're both called Jan bizarrely one in America one in the UK and I replied to one of them thinking it was the other one that was a late night email action that mm. probably should have waited until <laughs> the next morning um what are the chances of them both being called Jan anyway um yeah but I think you're right and I think that point of sending a message about it that's a really good thing because sometimes we think oh I've got to write all this down in an email and I've got to make a big proposal and sometimes it's not that it's as simple as like how can you make this really easy just to get the ball rolling and, and yeah not committing to anything at that stage yeah I think we need a whole episode on what to do with creative firsts because oh, it's God. a whole separate thing isn't it yeah it is. but creatively I also must say before we move on so in the garden my garden is undergoing this massive transformation to get ready for my space which 
I'm resigning myself to, or I already knew, I won't be able to work until probably spring yeah. by the time everything that needs to be done has been done. Yeah. But um, this massive hole, so my garden is on a steep slope for everybody who hasn't seen it, obviously. So it's a steep slope. And to put anything flat into it, you have to dig into this steep slope and then build retaining walls. Otherwise, it would all fall down on the building. And the retaining wall started to go up yesterday and it's gone up quite quickly. So it actually now looks like the size and, uh, that it's going to be. Yeah. And I can see that a building can fit in there. It's not just a giant pile of mud as it was for a while. And first concrete's gone down. And so things are beginning to happen. But the builder did warn me that uh, we, got, we, get, we get to a stage soon where it looks like nothing happens for another few weeks. So, you know, with building projects, yeah. there's stages that look like it's going really fast. Then there's stages where it's just not visible what's happening really. So he's getting to foundations and things and things that aren't going to show. But a it, bit like a painting, isn't it? Really, it is. There's the ugly. There's a really ugly bit <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Looks a real mess. But I'm excited about it because I'm just still spending time. And you've been doing all this, but I'm looking for units and thinking about what kind of table I'll have in there and should I have shelves and it's all very exciting. Hopefully I'll still be alive when it's finished. Oh, yeah, you will. <laughs> so our next topic is um, one that we talked about in the past and we decided that we don't know anything about it, so we shouldn't talk about it. <laughs> But then we decided, oh, what the heck? We don't know anything about lots of things. It doesn't stop us going on about them. So um, we are going to talk about the law of attraction, woo-woo, manifestation, and, um, and ask whether it's, this all came about because I received a letter, which I'll tell you about shortly. But it was a letter from myself a year ago. And um, it's quite remarkable. And so it's got me thinking again. I always believed there was nothing to the law of attraction. I always believed you cannot simply just think and then things will appear. And yet there's been a lot of things in this past year that I've written down in various places, probably over the past two years, and they've happened. So that's a very long-winded introduction because I'm not sure what I'm trying to say here. But maybe I should read the letter. It's not very long. So maybe I went okay. on to, you, I've told you all about a retreat that I went on at Alice's house a year ago. Some of you won't have heard of it. And it was a creative retreat with uh, Alice and Georgina Noel, who's a mindset coach, um, woo-woo practitioner, um, all-round badass, amazing woman. And I went there quite skeptically and I um, tried my best to argue for all the the limitations that I felt I had in my life all, all the logic the, all the logic all, all the logic I have all the, the logic too by the way I have yes. all the logic <laughs> yeah all the so, logic all the prove it to me and I, I think see the outcome I think I was maybe the argumentative one for a few other people who were too quiet to say anything I think there were other people there who maybe also were skeptical um because basically Georgina's whole belief or message at that time was you can have anything that you want 
you just have to set the intention for it and you have to put the put positive energy into it I suppose would be the best way of describing it which is something that really raises heckles in people because I think it can be quite confrontational um, because it's almost saying the flip side of that coin is that if you don't have what you want it's because you're not trying hard enough thinking the right way it can be quite accusatory that you know therefore if you don't have it you're doing things wrong and I think people's immediate reaction to that often is to get quite defensive about it and that is totally understandable so if you're listening to this and you're thinking that's no I think that was it for me though it's exactly it felt like it felt like you're saying to me that this very what felt like a very hard reality of my life is is not you're saying it's just as easy as click your fingers and you can change it all and the reality of my life at that time was working very long hours doing something I hated to make enough money to pay the bills and the mortgage and it's a business that I run with my husband so it I had it's not like we had another income to depend on we do it together and we live on that income so when somebody's telling you you can be an artist you can work full-time on your art you don't have to do that yeah well you come and pay my mortgage you come and pay my bills that's Mm. how I felt Mm. and I did get quite angry and you're right it's a it's a sense of partly you're telling me I'm getting it wrong and also partly you're telling me I'm stupid almost like I can't you know that I should know I don't I don't really know why I was so angry but I was yeah and um but I was also intrigued so I wasn't like I was sitting there just thinking oh this is because you want it to be true it sounds you know you want that to be true but it over the course of two days I really came to see I felt these shifts happen in my mind just these little inklings of what if I Just little things like, well, what if I put the dog in daycare a couple of days a week to give me a bit more time? What if I, um, what if we cut back a little bit? At first I was thinking, what if we cut back a little bit so I could afford to not work quite so hard? And then as the little thoughts came, bigger thoughts came. And um, I've told the story before, so I won't be boring. But when I arrived home after that weekend, my husband made a massive shift and just told me he felt I should start working on an art business because he felt I was so unhappy and I had not discussed that with him and we you know I had not discussed the weekend and at that after that point everything shifted for me and ideas began to come of what I could do and my course idea came and that made enough money to keep us going for a few months the first time I ran it And it all began to change. But at the end of that weekend, Georgina had us write a letter to ourselves. Did you write one as well or was it just us? Do you know, I can't remember. And um, I think I probably did because I think I remember writing it. But I think because we were in my house we agreed that she probably wouldn't post it to me and I probably put it you in probably a secret place it. somewhere <laughs> and I don't know where it is. So you have I will to find it. I will try and find it. We only got back last night, but I will try and find it maybe for next time. Well, she, we wrote these letters and she took them off us and I said, what are you are going to do with those? And she said, oh, I don't know. They might appear at some point. And I realized, oh, she's going to post them to us. But in the meantime, she moved house. And I remember thinking when she moved house, oh, I guess we'll never get those letters because she'll have lost them because that's what I would do. But 
she didn't she kept them and she sent it so it's not a long letter but I had written to myself um, dear Louise one year on and so much has changed you now only spend an hour a day on your other business Phil runs it with the help of freelancers I don't even spend an hour I don't spend any time and he does run it with the help of freelancers so that happened you now have a thriving website a large mailing list and a busy Facebook group I have all those things um, here's one thing I did at the time. Did you have any Facebook group or anything? I like had that? a small, I just started a Facebook group. Okay. And I had about 200 people on my mailing list from yeah. my, art, uh, so I didn't have very much, but I did have the intention to yeah. build that up. Um, you have several online courses that all make a good income. Um, the women who make up your audience form a supportive community who are all committed to helping each other find their own voices. Right, I'm getting emotional now because yeah. that's the bit that is amazing about the course that I'm running now. It's, yeah. it, they really are like amazing women and they are helping each other. Um, you paint almost every day. Yep. You sell your work online. Yes, although I don't do as good a job as I wish I would. It is bold, brave, passionate, and colorful. I think I'm still on my way to that, but I think it's bolder and braver than it was. You live in the same house, but you are now building your dream studio in oh. the garden. I actually wrote that. But this is the funny part. Also, you lost two stone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the one bit of that that didn't come true is the last bit. <laughs> Actually, Louise, you gained two pounds. So, um, but I just think that is amazing. Yeah. And I know that you've done something like that where you've, you write down in your planner, you yeah. kind of draw things you want. So tell us about that because you've had some amazing things too. Yeah. And I, I there's, there's a, a point in here before we do that, perhaps, is that and I will tell you because I got them all out this morning to check. Um, so I don't write letters to myself, but I do do an annual review process at the beginning and end of every year that I've been doing for about three or four years now. Um, and I think we're going to come on to discussing, you know, wh why this works, even if you sort of don't believe it. But um, so I have a longer review process but within my annual book which I just keep for a year and I map all the year out at the beginning it takes a little bit of time but it's a nice thing to do between um, uh, Christmas and New Year um, and then there's a page in there about what I would like to happen this year so if I go back to um, 2016 2016 I was clearly still practicing because there was quite a lot that didn't happen I was a bit vague about it so if I look back all it says is ideas for the year and it's just a set of ideas uh creative treat retreat for me didn't happen I wrote um access to a larger studio space well I did improve on my space upstairs to allow for larger work so that must have been the year that I actually built that studio wall took the table down and changed that so some of these are not 
huge things. Um, that year wasn't such a good year. But when we get on to the next year, where I was obviously, maybe I was just a little bit more thinking about how this would work. Um, I've got uh, appear in the pages of a magazine. Yes, that happened three times. Um, in three different ways, which was quite interesting and including a way that I didn't expect. So one of them was my work appearing within an advert for a really high-end uh, interior design company. So the thing about that that I want to mention is rather, I mean, just wrote in the pages of a magazine and then what came out was, yes, there was an article that was, that was uh, uh, printed as well, but the work appearing in the advert wasn't what I imagined at the beginning of the year. So there's something in here about being specific, being really specific and focused where you can be. And I think that's why your, why your letter is quite good. You know, you're clear down to the amount of day, whereas sometimes I'm still a little bit um, vague with what I want to happen. But the interesting thing about that year is that I also did a three, five and 10 year kind of what I want to happen so this was 2017 next year will be 2020 and do you know what I wrote for 2020 mm -mm. have my own studio space outside of home <laughs> selling larger work um, having assistance in my business practice which is Yay. now happening <laughs> yeah. and here's the big one which felt so impossible funding the family living and next year, my husband is retiring. And that is what's going to happen. So, I mean, that's interesting because it's a, a, a big three-year headspace. And 2018, um, I had the idea at the beginning of the year, it was going to be called the Centred Artist Community. It turned into Connected Artist. Um, I wrote Retreat again. That was the year that the retreat with Georgina happened. I wrote um, TV and radio appearances. And that was the year that I was first on two other people's podcasts before we started this one. Um, what else that year? Oh, travel. Yep travel happened and one of the early things was I wished for kind of unexpected travel I had that trip to Japan that year we went to Morocco we went to Mexico you know all it, it, it is fascinating how you just start to kind of write things down and then even when you leave them kind of buried even when you don't go back to them and refer to them they come back up again so I think this is what we were going to talk about so how how does that work? Because it's a very different idea. I mean, I could you could take some of those ideas and create a really focused project for it. And then, of course, you're more likely to make it happen. But we're not really talking about that, are we? We're talking about a much looser, just setting guidance, I suppose. Is it guidance, intentions, just making your desires clear? Yeah. And how does it work? Because when I wrote that letter, I was still fairly skeptical. Yeah. So it doesn't, it's not that you have to believe in it. And um, I, I was skeptical, but, but I, we were told to dream of what we wanted, to write down what the biggest things we could imagine. And in my stuck state, that was the best possible life I could imagine. So I wrote it up. I didn't come back 
but then you see, I suppose I did come back on the train that night thinking, okay, c- could this be possible? Could, could it be possible for me to work less on my other business? So there's an element of, in, of putting something into place, but, but I didn't know how it could be. Okay. You know, and, and, I, and then when I had an idea for a course, it, I had not, was not, I didn't know what I would teach, but it, this whole thing downloaded into my head in one go with the title and everything. And it's a really good title, a, a good name, Find Your Joy. And I'm rubbish at names. So that was weird to come up with something with a good brand and everything attached to it. So, but my, my big skepticism about the law of attraction seems to say and people will be going no it doesn't say that but it seems to say that you you put your intentions out you put your good energy positive energy behind them and then the universe manifests that and and opposite and this is why I said about not mentioning dying if you if you have a negative energy and believe negative things will happen that you can manifest negative things. Yeah. So the, the law of attraction. You just is, pull more towards you. You pull towards you whatever you put out. Yeah. And a, a really, for people who might be thinking, oh, this is a really, really basic real life example of this is um, last year, my husband and I, after Christmas, went to the tip and we dumped a load of stuff and the men there were really helpful. And they would, we, so I mentioned to my mum, we just been to the tip and the men were so helpful. And she said, were they? We thought they were useless. We were there and they were absolutely useless. But my mum and her partner, they go into every situation believing negatively about the people who were there. So that's what they see. So that's what they see. Oh, that's what they get. Or maybe that, maybe that, is it what they notice or do they just send out an aura that makes people not want to help them? Whereas we... So that actually changes their reality. Yes. So So there's, so there's two things. There's the, there's the, what you see is what you want to see in a situation. And also by putting that element of yourself into it, you're encouraging a different kind of response. So that's how it actually changes the reality of what comes back in again. Yeah. And, and one of the ways Georgina described it to me that I, that really helped me was when you have a big problem, think of it like a big long stick and you are focused on the problem end of the stick. And on the other end is all kinds of possible solutions. But because you stare at the problem, you just attract more of the problem to you because that's what you're focused on. And over yeah. here, waving around is like all the solutions if you could just stop staring at the problem and let, and, and let the other end coming to being a bit more so is it more not is it a case of it's just where we place our focus and so if we plan for next year and just think oh it's going to be a bad year brexit donald trump whatever you know the economy it's all the economies of the world are struggling i'm not going to be able to sell any art does that then make it more likely that you won't sell any well, there's two, there's a few things, aren't there? I think if you're thinking that it's going to affect how you make decisions about what you actually choose to do in the first place. So 
um, as an example of not not that perhaps. I mean, there's a, there's an event that's happening in November, and this year I have decided not to do it. Now, it's not simply because of Brexit and you know how it was last year or any of those kind of things. Partly, it's because I was planning my year and I wanted this gap in it. But the direct result of that will be or could be that that is a month where I'm much less likely to have sales coming in because I simply haven't put myself in that situation. Now, that's not the only alternative. Another alternative could be that instead of choosing to do that, I put my energies into, you know, creating interest in my work. Uh, I could release work online. I could be, you know, creating something for the people who are on my mailing list so that, you know, sales are coming in through another another manner because I'm enough established now so that I know that I can do these things when it feels ready. So at the moment, it doesn't feel ready or the right time to do that. But my point is that, it depends. Some of it, I think, then does depend on your decision making and the actions that you take. So it's not as simple as as simply just setting your intention and then sitting back and wait, waiting for it all to be delivered to you. I mean, you know, you didn't think, oh, I could do an online course. And then, I mean, you had to create the thing. Yeah, but it did literally appear on a dog walk, like a vision. It just well, was like the idea wow. appeared. The yeah. idea appeared, yeah. and then what happened? Oh yeah, then I well, then I ran home and wrote it down, and and was like, you know how sometimes songwriters say a song just appears and they just write yeah. it down. It was like that. I just wrote it down, and then I said to Phil, "I want to do an online course," and he was like, Whoa, "What? What? What?" Because <laughs> it was yeah. just so sudden. And I think once the snowball starts rolling, it does. It then it then it gathers speed you know, then it does, it, it, it picks up a kind of momentum on its own. Now, just to throw something slightly opposite into this, though. So when I was after that retreat, I worked with Georgina for about six weeks. And that's when the idea for the course came and she coached me. And uh, at one point, she said to me um, that I have, at, I have, I have limitations around money, which I do. I was always brought yeah. up to be, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, et cetera, et cetera. So she told me, I want you just to say every day to yourself, several times a day, I am open to receiving money from unexpected sources. And my instant reaction to that is, well, I don't have any rich relatives. I don't have anybody who's going to leave me any money. So that doesn't make any sense instead of just doing it. But anyway, I did it without believing in it. So I just did it and I wrote it down in my journal every day and I said it out loud. And two, three or four days after I started doing that, I had a phone call and it was from um, the organizers of our open studios. This was so two years ago and I had been rejected. Um, and then the organizer rang me up and he said, what we didn't tell you is you were first on the shortlist for if somebody canceled and they've canceled. So would you like to be in open studios this year and that open studios brought in four thousand pounds for me in sales so that is money from unexpected sources whenever i have said that and i don't say it often enough something's happened like an email's come in saying there's a painting on your website i wonder if it was for mm. sale mm. how is that happening that uh, and, and and the other thing about that is is this kind of 
energy and cyclical thing like I spoke a couple of weeks ago about how I'd been buying artwork from other people and this week I've sold two things yes whenever I've bought a painting from someone else I've sold one for more money afterwards and it but it's the same thing isn't it it's the it's almost like you kind of stir the pot up again yeah but I think so, there's something important here. There's, well, there's two things in that. It, it's like, I don't know, because I don't know all the ins and outs of, you know, how it's supposed to work. But for me, I think there is a danger in, not a danger, there we go. How do we pick up on everything we say? Yeah. But there is something in saying affirmations that you genuinely don't believe in for yourself yet. And I prefer to take it, to a level that I can be curious about or genuinely see how that could be true for me. So I'm open to receiving money from unexpected sources. That's fine. There's no risk involved in saying that. I can say that, you know, you just, just say it, just, just do it and see what happens. And part of it is that you just, you just tune into the fact that, oh, this might be the thing. So, you know, it might be that you get 25 quid on premium bonds comes in through the post or, you know, all sorts of things, weird little things that can happen. And sometimes it is small things at the beginning. It's not always huge, great, big results that come in. So some of this is just about refocusing and retuning your awareness into what's going on around you and what's happening in your life. I think that's a huge part of it. All right. So how about then? This is all very well. This is all kind of, you know, positive thinking. I'm going to have a go. So, so far we've got how to have a go, even if you don't quite believe it, how to be specific about what you want. We've talked about the idea of things taking time. So sometimes, you know, almost like not giving up and that it will happen at the right time for you. So this idea of larger studio space that I wrote in 2016, it's taken three years for me to get to the point where I really got this amazing studio space, but it happened in stages in between. There's just like this ongoing commitment. And I think uh, some people who really believe in this would say that that's because I was doing it too hesitantly. You know, if I'd really gone out there, but I know in that year I did go out there looking for bigger studio spaces and it just didn't feel like it was the right time for me. So I did take the action. I did try to make it happen. I did, you know, I was available for whatever was, but it just wasn't right. So some of it is that there is a time that needs to elapse. What about other things that we have an intention for that didn't come into being? So, for example, last year I have down write a book. But I'm a bit vague about that. Even when I write about it, I have a whole load of question marks. So do you have anything that didn't happen for you? Yeah, so I didn't lose two stone. And yeah, that's yeah. because I kept on eating chocolate. So that's obvious. Um, I and I think um, there's a song, I think it's Amanda Palmer, and she has a line in it that says something like, I'm surprised I must not want what I thought I wanted. She says, I'm overweight, I'm surprised I must not want what I thought I wanted. So you must not want to be skinny if you keep eating chocolate. On some level, you must not want that. Otherwise, yeah. you. So I think the, uh, this whole idea of the law of attraction is you have to you have to the energy be, has to be strong for it what has you to be want. a fit yeah you have yeah. to want it you have to really want it otherwise it's not going to happen 
Um, and that comes to the second thing that didn't happen for me was also a book. Um, and I've even done some of the work towards putting that together, but I'm not enjoying doing it. I'm not energized by it. And so I've put no mental energy into that at all. Whereas when it comes to thinking of a new course, I get really excited and then it's easy for me to go and follow that. So isn't it about where we place our energies and with your studio, maybe you were just feeling, mm, no, but I don't really, you know, not yeah. really quite yet. I think the there was probably something in that it felt like it should be something that I was maybe aspiring to, but at that time it just wouldn't have suited my life in particular. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's like me with, with weight, it's a completely different thing, but that's what I'm saying. If, if your whole being isn't behind that at that time, then you can't attract it to you if this is true, if this law of attraction stuff is true. And I'm suspecting there might be some people listening just getting really annoyed because they haven't, because they're in the situation I was in a year ago or a different situation. Okay, so before we wrap up then, I mean, I, I mean, there are all sorts of things online where you, you I mean, you just have to kind of uh, Google this and, and, and have a look um, and see what's out there. And I, I think, you know, if it's, if it's an idea that you want to explore, the one thing that I would say is give yourself a little bit of time. I was very much like Louise and, and um, you know, initially I was feeling, I don't believe this. And there was, you know, I found certain things online and I thought this is, this is a load of nonsense and I don't like the way that this is almost encouraging, um, almost encouraging a kind of abandonment of responsibility and that element to it, you know, that might be my own things, but I just think that it's worth giving it, you know, if I, if I come at it from a point of view of curiosity and what do I have to lose by being open to this idea and way of thinking and what difference might this have to my life, the way I approach things? It's not just about getting what you want. And I think the, the, this, and we've spoken before about, you know, different ways of doing, you know, gratitude journal, which I don't do on a regular basis, but I do have certain practices that tune me into that way of thinking about things and the difference that that has made in my life to how I respond to situations that rise up that aren't always perfect. Things do go wrong. I don't get what I want. This doesn't mean that everything is completely perfect from now on in. It just means that I feel better equipped to deal with it to not get thrown off course, to not let it derail me for huge periods of time. And I just think that this is something that's worth investigating simply from the point of view of making you feel better, <laughs> nothing else. And there's a video I will recommend. I'll put it in the show notes. It's um, for a slightly more practical, slightly less woo-woo approach to this exact same subject. Is an interview with Marissa Peer on YouTube by Lewis Howes and Marissa Peer is a psychologist and hypnotherapist and she did this amazing interview with him about the way why what we think affects reality and yeah. how we change and, and this is this is not woo woo this is 
yeah, the scientific. There one are one of the things that in our, in this visibility challenge was was um, an exercise that people had where they were told to go through um, a newspaper and count the number of pictures or adverts, and um, there were huge full page adverts in the newspaper that said, "You can stop counting now." There are thirty two, and like people who weren't who had previously described themselves as lucky or not lucky and like one of the adverts said you know you've won the prize it's it, and then they just didn't even register this advert they didn't even see that it was there it's a full page advert and they've been told to look and count at that images or the adverts and they just didn't even register it so you know there are countless countless different studies that that explain how we perceive things you know, is or isn't related to how we view ourselves and how we view the world. That's not up for debate. Yeah. And there's now a lot of, and some of the things I watch, I don't fully understand, but there are a lot of neuroscience people and neuropsychologists on YouTube. You can watch now talking about what they're discovering about how law of attraction actually works chemically in our brains and why it works. And it's quite fascinating. Even when you only understand half what they're saying, um, there's more to it than just, you know, believing in spirits and fairies. It's not like that. Yeah. So we just really thought that it was, you know, it's something that for both of us has had a big impact as has kind of, you know, made it not totally on its own. Of course, that would be a bit facetious, but you know, there is, you know it's important and i think it's important for both of us to recognize that this has been part of what's what's changed things so you know we encourage you to suspend your skepticism on it <laughs> for a little bit and um dive in and and have a little bit of investigate and see where can't we be any more skeptical than we were so <laughs> On to this week's question, which came via Carla on Instagram. Carla had been listening to an older episode called Tears and Tantrums. And she is, she said, if you get to a Zen place, because I was talking about this, where you have few ups and downs, wouldn't this affect your art making? Isn't our emotional roller coaster part of what drives us creatively? And Carla's been practicing Buddhism, so she's been thinking about this for a while. She thinks her ability to make meaningful art might be connected to her strong emotional ups and downs. What do you think about this? Huh. Well, I think just because you have strong emotions doesn't mean that you have to be on a roller coaster, for one thing. Um, I, I think that there are all sorts of reasons why people make meaningful art. And I, I don't think it has, I certainly don't think it has to be angst driven so if you're aiming in your in your life skills to get to a place where perhaps you know you're calmer and you're uh, being less emotionally reactive to things in life sometimes maybe that comes out in your art in a different way I, I, I don't know I just kind of wouldn't think about it too much I think perhaps yeah I was just thinking about there is this thing of the tortured artist isn't there and there's um i'm quite a big fan of bruce springsteen and in when he was getting divorced he wrote an album called tunnel of love 
It's yeah. um, one of his best albums of productions of it. 80s now but these songs are amazing and then he met his new wife and got married and was blissfully happy and then he made a hideous double album that was just so bad and I remember thinking god I wish he would get unhappy again because that album was really really good now and Adele does the same doesn't she with her music they're awful I mean that's with music I think there's yeah yeah, there's a lot but now in subsequent years uh he he is still married to the same woman and he's had a rich creative life and done all sorts of very different things especially as he's got older so it hasn't proven to be true but there is something about when you are certainly for me in painting if I am really upset or um I have a big emotional down I can make really amazing paintings quite quickly but I don't want to feel like that. So I'm, I would rather balance it out more and maybe take longer to make paintings that I love. Yeah, because it's about the kind of place that you want to be in, isn't it? Yeah, really? I don't want to spend my life feeling like that. Yeah, so this, again, this is something where if you start to believe that like the only way that I can make good art is when I'm having an angsty, emotional, up and down kind of life, that that's a little bit of a trap that's going to keep you caught if you're not careful and if you've got two different ideas opposing i mean don't don't let the idea that practicing buddhism is going to be something that stops you from making meaningful art because i don't think that has to be true at all yeah and i suppose if you did get to a zen place where you don't have ups and downs which i'm sure most of us can only dream of but if you did get to a really zen place i assume you would make zen art and it would be amazing in a different way yeah yeah still be an artist you'd still express what's inside you it would just be a different thing yeah and from that point of view i think your art does does reflect i mean it always is going to reflect you and what's important to you um but I, I agree with you. I just think, you know, striving to striving for a Zen place is, is, is a high standard anyway to kind of set for yourself. But I think, again, this connect, this focusing on an idea that we need the angst in order to make good art is something that personally I want to avoid. And I think for me, it goes back to, you know, if, if, if I'm thinking about making um, expressive moves in a painting because that's what currently interests me at the moment does that mean that I have to be in an angry place in order to do it no it just means that I have to understand how I want to channel my energy and I have to understand that there needs to be a certain energy and fluency behind that mark but it doesn't necessarily have to come from an emotional place of anger it can come from um, an emotional place that is about you know something that perhaps is more positive and yeah I mean putting that physicality and that intention behind it that we've spoken about a lot that is important but I don't have to be in a particular emotional state in order to do that but I think perhaps you know everybody's different practices is different on this um and the other thing is you know how you make art is perhaps going to change your emotional state as you're making it maybe you sit down feeling one way and by the time you finish for the day and that you know it's actually changed you I mean I've certainly experienced that haven't you yeah yeah and then you realize that everything's kind of calmed down a bit I mean that's one of the fascinations yeah because you can get get it out by painting it out yeah yeah 
Okay, well, Carla, I hope that's helpful. Don't stop practicing Buddhism. It will be fine. But if you do get to that Zen place, let us know how we can get there as well. <laughs> so to finish, let's talk about our inspiration this week. What's inspired you, Alice? Well, actually, I'm not even sure. I can't mention face because I don't know. Sorry, you're going to have to start again. Because okay. I, she, I can't find the link for it, so I can't share it. Okay. She, by the way, she wrote an amazing blog post about being on Landscape Artist of the Year. Oh, I know. She's doing great. Her blog's really interesting. I read I know. the whole thing this morning. And so to close, let's talk about what's inspired us this week. What about you, Alice? Oh, mine's a little bit boring, I'm afraid. Mine is... Um setting a system up in stages and I just think you know so many of us when we have something that we know we need to do it just gets like overwhelming and we don't start but doing this challenge by giving myself a basic outline and I know each day I've got something to go back to I've got even if I'm going to change it even if I'm going to modify it um, I've set up you know a basic template for myself in Canva for the things I'm giving people to download and it's made it not only easier but a lot more fun and just that kind of entry point back into it again. So sorry, that's really boring, but it's made a big I difference. I don't think it's boring. Week. I don't think it's boring at all. Well, it's taken me a long time to get to that point. This is why I always laugh when you say that I'm organized and I'm thinking, ha ha, if you. <laughs> well, you mine this week is something that you'll laugh at me for, because for all I talk about delegating and I don't always do it very well. And I've had in this creative phase that I've been in, I've had a couple of ideas of things I want to get started on, um, three or four ideas, but got stuck with them because I didn't have the time to tackle yeah. the things that needed yeah. to be done. And um, I, have a, I do have a person who does Facebook advertising for me and she hasn't been doing much lately because I haven't given her anything to do. And we had a call the other day and she said, look, I don't feel like I'm earning my keep because there's nothing, you know, what can I do? Where are you stuck? What? So I said, I can't give you things to promote because I haven't done the work. And one example is we yeah. want to try advertising this podcast a little bit to reach new people. But that meant going through hours of podcast episodes, finding clips to use. And I hadn't got around to it because when's the time to sit and do that? She said, well, I can do that for you. Just tell me the five top episodes and I'll go in and listen to them and I'll find clips and then I'll check with you if they're okay. Oh, that was easy. And then I said, and the other thing is I want to launch this free freebie thing, but I need to get it set up on a MailChimp list that is different from my other MailChimp list and it involves adding new technology and blah. And she said, oh, I use this thing called Thrive Themes. If you buy that and add it to your WordPress site, I'll set it all up for you. And then we can start advertising that. And I was, and I just realized again, oh, when somebody, she's already sent me emails saying, right, I've logged into this. I've done that. The podcast is with the ad is with the designer. He's just working on some graphics. So it inspired me to get in touch with a VA, um, potential VA and talk to her about doing some projects for me. Uh, to get these things moving because and all of a sudden I feel so light because I feel like the parts I have to do are the parts I like that's the creative bit and somebody else is gonna 
do the bits I don't like and it'll be done in two weeks instead of five months when I finally find enough time to do it. So yes, I'm inspired to delegate again. Even though I'm the one lecturing about delegating, I haven't been. I've be, I have been the block in getting anything done. That's such a tough one. And I think it just relies, it relies so much on um, finding the right person and also belief because you know you're talking about a financial outlay Mm. um belief that that is going to bring back in results in the way that you want and I think you've had enough experience that it has done that for you but I think it's hard when you're at the it's hard even choosing things that you know that you can offer out isn't it yeah well I was I was in that state when I first talked to the potential VA I was saying well I don't know what you you know I don't know which bits I could give you and there's this and there's this and she she kept saying well I could do that I could handle that I could you know I could uh, on podcast morning I could put the show notes up on your blog for you upload the graphic get the blog post all ready for you so all you have to do is edit it I could go share it on Facebook and put it in your groups and put it on Instagram and I thought oh that's an hour and a half just freed up yeah um, you know, that kind of thing. And all, but anyway, what we decided to do is she knows Kajabi and the two things I want to do involve Kajabi. So she said it will take her like three hours to set up. One of them is an introductory uh, painting acrylics course. And she said, it'll take me three hours to get the sales page done, the, you know, the whole flow and all the stuff uploaded if you've created it. Three hours of a VA's time is not a big financial outlay. And, I, and she work ad hoc, so I can do that. All I have to do is spend a day or two filming the segments, and then it can be done. Yeah. That's amazing. If I do it, it will take me months, because I won't find the time to sit yeah. in the middle with Kajabi. And I think, I think your question about where is the block in this, that's the thing, isn't it, really? What's the bit that's the hold up? I have one thing that I get help with now and that's fun. <laughs> it is it's magic. It is magic when somebody just takes the bits off you that you don't like doing. Yeah. Okay. Right. So anybody else who's listening, you know, maybe there's one thing. And also I think the way this often starts is freeing up time in other areas of your life. So if you're struggling to make painting time, where is there something that you can outsource? So Louise spoke at the beginning about, um, about uh, the dog going to daycare I have one day a week where somebody comes and walks the dog for me I have um, a cleaner who comes in into the house and helps clean so I I think that there are often things that start that aren't related directly to our art business so if you're thinking well I can't outsource priming the paintings or doing the frames or whatever it is framing of course is another thing that when I first started I was doing it all myself assembling them and now somebody else does so but it often starts with just looking at your a kind of a more overview of your life we've also been talking this week about you know who does the family washing in the house why is it always you know well it isn't always me so much well that's a very good area to start looking at outsourcing that doesn't cost any money is for women is to ask our partners husbands um 
what is it you actually do around the house? Because for many of us, it's not. If you that do that, fun. if you do that in my house, you're going to get a right earful because there's going to be a whole list of jobs apparently that he does that I'm not even aware that he does, which is absolutely true. So, right, we, we've got to be a little bit careful. Might not be true in everyone's case. No, in my that's experience, true. it might not be true in everyone's case. Oh, I had I saw that just to finish this off. I remember Ricky Gervais, the comedian, was discussing with someone else once his friend his friend was saying you don't do any handiwork around the house I do all my own DIY and he said I'm Ricky Gervais if I spend an hour fixing a drain I could make you know a lot more money in that hour than I have to pay somebody to fix it it is but I I don't think think it's always about money no but it might but it might be the reason I bring that up is it might be about money if you haven't got very much you might be thinking well I can't afford to pay someone but maybe you can if you think about what you might be able to make up if you have the time to think that's all I'm saying yeah and I but I think the other part of this is where do you want to spend your life and your time yeah and energy doing things but yeah everybody's in a different position but I think that you know you 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 are right in the sense that sometimes it's the money that holds us back but that good question you know the opportunity cost essentially where else could you be spending that time and perhaps you know more productively or more happily yes more happily that's what we want more happiness Okay, I think that wraps things up for us this week. Thank you very much for listening. We would love it if you would share this post in Facebook just to get more people aware of the podcast. We get we are picking up steam and it's great and we love it, but we'd love more shares. And if you're so inclined to drop onto iTunes or it's Apple Podcasts now, I think, and leave us a review, we would really love that because those really help. That's it for us. See you next week. Bye. See you next time. Bye. Just come a little bit closer. Yeah. I'm not close enough to my microphone, Alice is telling me. We've got new microphones, which are wonderful, but you have to be sitting on top of them. <laughs> and it's balanced precariously. It's so professional. put a warning if we say bull i don't know <laughs> well like we you didn't so <laughs> okay theo can you beep it um um that made me think of that mock and wise song there should be more happiness every joy <laughs> everyone is not from england or everyone is under the age of 40 is thinking what is she doing I think what I'll say is we're arguing about what you should do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. We're arguing about what you should do, but I'm hosting, so I'm deciding.